and welcome to the Royal Meteorological Society's podcast. My name is Hannah Manson and I work for the Society as a Science Engagement Manager. We have recently published a new climate briefing paper focusing on air pollution and climate change and I'm delighted to say that today I am joined by the author David Warrillow. David, could you please introduce yourself and give us a little insight into your background? Yes, uh, thank you, Hannah. Well, at the moment, I'm a vice president of the Royal Met Society. In fact, I was president uh, from 2018 to 2020. Uh, Before that, I worked in government advising ministers on uh, climate change and early on in my time in government also on air pollution. Uh, before that, my scientific uh, career was in the Met Office, uh, worked on hydrometeorology and climate modelling. Great, thanks for sharing. So can I start by asking, what is air pollution and where do air pollutants come from? Well, pollution in general is the introduction of substances into the environment which are harmful. So clearly air pollution is substances that are introduced into the atmosphere. Generally, they're thought of as originating from human activities, but of course there are natural sources as well, such as volcanoes. Air pollution is quite common and has a very long history uh, and associated with human activity. And the kind of human activities that lead to air pollution, for example, are often things like combustion, which we have used for electricity generation, transport and biomass burning, for example could also occur as a side product of industrial processes, for example, chemical manufacture, or from even agriculture, such as the application of fertilizer. Common air pollutants are sulfur dioxide, oxides of nitrogen, volatile organic compounds, VOCs for short, such as gasoline and solvents, and also ammonia. Some of these dissolve in water to form weak acids, leading to acid rain, Others react chemically in the atmosphere to cause high ozone episodes. Processes such as combustion can cause the formation of both pollutants and greenhouse gases, such as carbon dioxide and nitrous oxide. So you mentioned there that air pollutants are a product of human activities, although there are some natural sources. And this is similar to greenhouse gases, but I wonder actually how do air pollutants and greenhouse gases differ from each other? Many air pollutants have a relatively short lifetime maybe days to weeks in the atmosphere. Uh, They either react with something else, get deposited on the ground or washed out by rain. By contrast, greenhouse gases tend to be relatively unreactive chemically and long-lived, a few years perhaps to centuries in the atmosphere. The concentration of pollutants is largely determined by immediate emissions, but greenhouse gases tend to accumulate, so their concentration is closely related to the total level of emissions over time. Mm-hmm. Does that mean then if you if you turned off the tap, say, for um, the air pollutant, then you'd see a much quicker reduction in the amount of air pollutants in the atmosphere versus that greenhouse gases? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And then can air pollutants interact with greenhouse gases? In some cases, they do methane which is a greenhouse gas, interacts in complex reactions involving carbon monoxide, nitrogen oxide and nitrogen dioxide. And ozone itself is both a pollutant and a greenhouse gas, and its concentration is raised in reactions with oxides of nitrogen and VOCs. What are the main reasons then why we should or need um, to be concerned about air pollution? Well, air pollution, uh, both indoor and outdoor, can seriously affect people's health and lead to death. 
It has been estimated uh, by the World Health Organization that over 4 million people die worldwide from strokes and heart disease triggered by outdoor air pollution. And indeed, some recent research, which has come out since my paper was published, uh, suggests that the figure could be double that, representing around 20% of global deaths annually. Uh, it can also affect negatively vegetation, including crops. Gosh. So I just want to now bring climate into the conversation. So how do air pollutants affect the climate? It's probably about three ways, main ways. Firstly, the, the primary concern is that air pollutants can affect the amount of sunlight reaching the Earth's surface. They do this by helping the formation of aerosols, that's tiny droplets which reflect sunlight, affecting the formation of clouds and fog, and making clouds more reflective to sunlight, again reflecting more sunlight and so having a cooling effect on the Earth. Uh, secondly, they may change the nature of rainfall by changing the amount and size of cloud condensation nuclei. And thirdly, they affect the concentration of some greenhouse gases, such as methane and ozone, as we've already mentioned. Now, we know that the global average temperature has risen by just over one degree Celsius since pre-industrial times. But do we know how much air pollution has impacted that observed increase? I think the overall air pollution effect is estimated at around half a degree Celsius. So if you stopped all the air pollution immediately, you could actually probably uh, see temperatures rise quite quickly as a result. Mm -hmm. So that just over one degree Celsius, that is actually lower than it would have been without air pollution. Absolutely. Yes. Does this differ then at a regional scale? Uh, very much so, yes. I mean, areas that are close to major pollution sources will inevitably suffer a greater cooling effect. And this can be seen in parts of South and Southeast Asia. So clearly, um, from what you've said, reducing air pollution um, is important to avoid all of the detrimental impacts to human health and the environment. Um, but as some pollutants reflect solar radiation, such as sulfates, wouldn't their removal actually lead to an increase in temperature? Well, yes, that's, that, that is a concern. It's, it's very difficult to estimate quite how much that would occur because um, although quite a lot of air pollutants are associated with greenhouse gas production as well. Not all of them are. And so, uh, as I said earlier, a rise of a temperature of about 0.5 degrees Celsius might be possible if all air pollution was stopped. But it, it's a complicated picture because some air pollutants, such as black carbon, that's uh, unburnt carbon, uh, may actually have a slight warming effect. So the overall effect may be slightly less. Now, we have talked about how air pollution impacts climate change, but I just want to flip that. So can climate change impact air pollution? Yes, it can. And I'll give you two examples. Higher temperatures actually enhance photochemical air pollution episodes. So generating ozone uh, is, is actually uh, stronger in strong sunlight and in higher temperatures. So that's, that's one example. Uh, second example, um, climate change looks to be catalyzing forest fires. Longer droughts, higher temperatures lead to more forest fires. And that is an important source of air pollution in itself. Mm -hmm. I remember that actually from last year with um, all of the, the uh, wildfires in California and the, the red uh, haze, um, the sky. I mean, it looked like it was the middle of the night um, rather than middle of the day. Yes. And there's some, been some very interesting cases such as what happened in Siberia last year where we had very high temperatures at quite you know within the arctic circle yeah. leading to forest fires yeah. so looking ahead um 
it's clear that we need to reduce both greenhouse gas emissions and air pollution. But I'm just wondering how best um, we can approach this. So can we address these issues in isolation or do we need to take a more integrated approach? Well, generally speaking, many of the actions which need to be taken to reduce greenhouse gas emissions will also reduce air pollution, especially if the source is combustion. This is often referred to as a co-benefit and is often presented as a benefit of tackling climate change. And in fact, the reduction of air pollution is a tangible benefit which can be realised quickly, whereas the benefits of greenhouse gas reduction may not be fully realised for several decades. Um, unfortunately, the history of uh, legislation means that air pollution and climate change actions are often separated. Uh, air pollution is very much dealt with as a regional issue, whereas climate change is dealt with a global issue. And uh, I've long thought that we should be taking a more integrated approach, but it is actually quite a challenge to get different negotiating systems to integrate with one another. Some listeners may be thinking, oh, how can I help here? So are there any choices that those individuals can make to help reduce air pollution? I suppose one of the major sources of air pollution and greenhouse gases is personal transport. So, you know, clearly using alternative forms of public transport is a good thing. Moving sooner to electric vehicles would be uh, beneficial, though even, even there you don't reduce pollution totally because particles come off brakes and uh, tires and so on as they were. Um, another interesting one which I've just been reading out recently is that uh, home wood, wood stoves have become very popular yeah. recently and uh, there's been a big claim that they have a climate benefit because they're burning wood which is a renewable source but in fact um, they are becoming an increasing source of urban air pollution. Mm and may not be as climate beneficial as people make out. So there's another small example. Yeah. With COP26 happening later this year in November, um, just like to ask, are there any conversations or decisions around air pollution and climate change that you believe need to be happening at the International Climate Conference? Well, I think the COP in Glasgow will be focused on greenhouse gas emission reduction pledges that governments have to make. Uh, several key emitters have yet to make their commitments, but it's already apparent that the overall level of commitment is insufficient to meet the Paris goals of one and a half and two degrees C warming above pre-industrial levels. So part of the conversation will be about increasing ambition. Air pollution is not often part of the COP discussions, but there is clearly a case to be made regarding the co-benefits of acting on climate change and air pollution. And perhaps maybe that's where we can people can start trying to take that integrated approach that we were talking about previously. Yes, although I'm slightly sceptical in the sense that dealing with climate change is already a very complex process mm -hmm. politically. And I think adding another dimension to it just makes it more complicated. So I, I <laughs> although I, I would say, yes, it would be a good thing to do that. I can see that practically it may actually be quite difficult to uh, get the benefits you might expect. Mm. Great. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, David. To those listening, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. And if you would like to read the Air Pollution and Climate Change Briefing Paper or find out about others in the series, then please do visit our website, www.armets.org. And also make sure to follow the Society on Twitter, Facebook and LinkedIn. This week, we have also just relaunched our weather enthusiast blog called Met Matters on our website. So do check that out. Many thanks for listening. <music>